This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 262, where we will talk to Luke Laird, who has written over 20 number ones, but he put out his first music album. And so I was able to talk with him for a little bit, which is pretty cool. We do play our trivia game, Music Trivia Against the Music Man. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. Maybe for next time. <laughs> okay. Uh, with Adam Hambrick, who is the music man, the artist, uh, playing against the listener. So that happens. We'll talk reactions from the ACMs, which a bit of controversy there. So, yeah. Hang out. We got a pretty good one. I did see this morning, because we do cut this this part of the show on Friday. Like We try to cut this as close as possible, because we like to have... Excuse me. All of the um, the new music songs uh, ready to go. Um, so that being said, they just put in the news that TikTok was being taken off the App Store. I just saw it. I didn't get a chance to read it. Yeah, from Apple, Google, any App Store, you can no longer. I believe as of next week. Dang. I'll look at the uh, news again, but it is happening where they're taking it down, and you, and everybody who has it can still be on it, but to limit growth is basically killing it that's gonna be like where they start selling phones on ebay with, with like TikTok, tiktok on it on it yeah i think eventually it will work itself out because oracle is buying mm-hmm. tiktok at least the american version of it so when you pull up that story let me know it was all over my feed this morning i clicked into it yeah removed from all app stores on sunday on sunday huh yeah. it'll be back i do feel it's just too big to disappear, but I'm telling you, all those TikTok kids, their butts are puckered hard today. Yeah. The, the kids that are making money off of it. Yeah. Because that's their livelihood. That's their career. It would be like if they just said, okay, well, we're banning all microphones. Probably like, what? <laughs> well, now, what am I supposed to do? As trivial as it is, what am I supposed to do now? So if you see anything else that's interesting, let me know. Uh, let's go with the new music top five this week. So every week I find five songs that I'm super interested in. 
Sometimes I've heard them, sometimes I haven't. Uh, but there's always a little bit of interest. At number five, Bon Jovi has a new song out with Jennifer Nettles, and he had this version of the song out with just him already, mm-hmm. but added Jennifer Nettles. It's called Do What You Can. You know what their last song was called? Who says you can't go home? Who says you can't? And and he had that song. Bon Jovi had that song yeah. by themselves before they added Jennifer Nettles last time too, and then it ended up being a, a country number one. So uh, yeah, we'll see if that song grows on me. It's not my favorite immediately, but I'm I'm interested in it. I'm interested to see what happens. We had Bon Jovi on the radio show today. It's super nice, super rich, super famous, super nice. Uh, let's see. Tyler Childers dropped a surprise album called Long Violent History. The first eight songs are just fiddle instrumentals. And the final track is an original new song written by Tyler that speaks to, you know, moments that we find ourselves in. Here's a clip of Long Violent History. Number three, The Speed of Now, part one. It's an entire album by Keith Urban. This is his 10th album. It includes his duet with Pink, which they played on the ACMs, called One Too Many. You know, what was interesting about that performance at the ACMs is that I would have believed they were together because they were shot on two locations because of Corona and she wasn't leaving LA and he wasn't leaving Nashville. And But they did such a good job at building a fake stage. Yeah. Did you see it? I did see it. I wondered how they did that because it sounded great. All looked, digital. Yeah. It was super cool. Uh, so, And that was one of the only performances that I saw live because I was at the show, which was when you're walking backstage, I may have mentioned this later with Lauren, it was like a space movie. Because everybody wasn't just in masks. They were like in masks with face shields yeah, and covers. And it was like, hey, welcome to your room. <laughs> Take a left here. Uh, number two, I'm putting Luke Laird because he has an album called Music Row. We will hear from him later. He's written songs for Eric Church, Casey Musgraves, Carrie Underwood, Little Big Town, Brad Paisley. Big songs too. But here's a new song that we'll talk about later from Luke Laird called That's Why I Don't Drink Anymore. I was on my way to hell. Kind of feels like if the postal service. Yeah, I think that's why I like it. Did slightly more country. That would feel what I was trying to place this, and not the postal service that they're trying to knock out of business right now. But ten years ago, yeah. there was a band called the Postal Service, yeah. and they played real light, melodic. People would say, get stoned, two songs. I never got stoned, so. And then number one, Luke Combs has a new song out called Without You featuring Amanda Shires. When I'm up here on this stage, the 
There you go. Those are the five releases that I'm most intrigued by. Uh, more new songs. There's one. Justin Bieber has a new song out called Holy. Not Holy, Holy. Because that song was originally written for Justin Bieber that mm-hmm. FGL did. But this is a song called Holy featuring Chance the Rapper. Here's a clip. Feels so holy, 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 holy. Oh, God. Running to the altar like a track star. That's pretty cool. I like it. I like hip hop or R&B stuff with just piano, and I like a little tambourine over there on the side. Like I like that. I like to feel all those kind of songs. Sasha Sloan has a new song out, and I wouldn't know much about Sasha Sloan except for Kaylin's a big fan and has been for a long time. I like her too. You do? Mm-hmm. So she has a new song out called "Is It Just Me," which was co-written by Nicole Gallion. All right, here you go. All right, other songs out today. Sam Smith has a new song out called Diamonds. Rita Wilson has a new song out called What I Would Say, which she reached out and was like, hey, I'd like to talk a little bit. Okay. We can talk to Rita Wilson, huh? That sounds good. So I've met her a couple of times. I've always been extremely nice. The first time I met her, I was like, oh, cool, Rita Wilson. The second time I met her, I was like, where's Tom Hanks? Because <laughs> I never met Tom Hanks. That's fair of me to think, right? Does she live here? No. Okay. I think they're back and forth a lot because she likes to sing and do country music. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need to. They're fine. I was looking at their bank statement. They're doing okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Prince's Estate released a previously unheard of song called I Need a Man. Back in the day, he offered it to Bonnie Raitt. So you can check that out if you want. Uh, albums out today, Alicia Keys has Alicia. It's her seventh album. A live album by John Oates from Hall & Oates called Live in Nashville. Alanis has Such Pretty Forks in the Road. And Semisonic, who you may know from Closing time, time to close the closes, and let's close it up. Uh, they, have a, they have an EP called You're Not Alone. Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park put out Dropped Frames Volume 3. Neil Young, Ava Max with a record. Ace Freely from uh, Kiss. Uh, Joan Osborne. And then finally, Ziggy Marley. So those are all the releases this week. Go find you some new music. I struggle with finding music, though, that I'm just attached to and so and i also have less patience for just going through and listening to a bunch of stuff i don't like so i've just started going back to 90s country and 90s pop not pop 90s acoustic stuff is there any album that's like stuck out to you this year that you like i don't even know what's happening this year really i mean what is what has come out like the taylor album no no Mm -mm. i guess not then is that the only album you know that's come out this year? That's the one that I've probably like gone back and listened to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, not that it's, I don't think it's not good. I just haven't spent enough time with it. Okay. In music news, let's start with, does every song from The Weeknd use the same four notes? Someone on Twitter tried to prove that every song by The Weeknd has the same four notes by playing portions of the songs on an electric piano. Twitter users are still debating it. The songs he played are Tell Your Friends, Often... Reminder, Starboy, and Heartless. Here's a clip. Up, up, 
<laughs> if, we might as well cut it off because this is all the same thing. If it sounds like they're just playing one song, that's all the songs. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I only know like nine chords on guitar. <laughs> so, you know, when we're writing stuff, I kind of stay within my little zone too. Uh, Kanye West says he won't release music until he's freed from contracts. Claims his masters are worth more than Taylor Swift's. You may have seen Kanye on Twitter peeing into a toilet on his Grammy. Yeah. <sighs> he's been going off this week. He goes off, though, so regularly that it becomes less and less news, though. But this one's been, like, constantly all week. Yeah. He says that they won't tell him how much his masters cost because he knows he can afford them. Well, the thing is, if he were to pay what they were worth, they would be okay with that. Anybody will sell anything for, for what they feel like the, the fair price is. So, listen, what do we know about this? I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything except for the surface. Mm-hmm. What do you know about it? I mean, I've just been seeing what he's been tweeting. I got fascinated when he like tweeted all his contracts. I was kind of going through those to see like how much they pay him. That's pretty crazy to see. What did you see? There was like one contract that he signed in like 2005, and it just kind of breaks down like where money goes, like how much he gets paid and how much they are paying, and all these like hidden costs that he's saying they charge him for, like mm. distribution fees. I thought that was interesting. The former Oakland home of Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong gets a price cut to $6.5 million. An Oakland mansion previously owned by Billy Joe is now selling for $6.498. It was listed for $7.25. Significant drop. Mm-hmm. You'd think if it was a 7.2, you take it to 7 or 6.7. Went all the way down to 6.4. It's 7,000 square feet, five bedrooms, six bathrooms. It was built on the site of the 1911 Julia Morgan-designed Redgate Mansion, which burned in the 1991 Oakland Fire. And then it goes through all that's in the house, and I don't want to get jealous. So (laughs) he has a net worth of $55 million. Carrie Underwood apologizes for forgetting to thank family for ACM win. (laughs) She was so overcome with excitement, she forgot to thank some very important people in her life, her family. She said, first, I want to say that I'm a dummy for not mentioning my husband or my children in my acceptance speech. She said that in the ACM virtual press room. You would think that after this many years of seeing other people do speeches, and you know, she goes on, but here's the thing that's interesting to me. They, she knew she was winning the award. Oh. oh, yeah, you're right. So it's not like when you're sitting in the crowd and you're like, oh my God, I won. They told her probably two days beforehand. But did she know it was going to be split? But I don't think that matters in the speech. You still know? You don't think it's the shock of it you forget? I think you still, if you prepared it, you have it written down. Mm. I don't know if she had anything written down, but yeah, that's pretty funny. But if you're going to forget someone, your family's probably the best because they will forgive you the quickest. Yeah. Because it's understood. Taylor Swift's stalker is sentenced to 30 months. A judge sentenced one of her stalkers to 30 months in federal prison. Eric Swarbrick pleaded guilty to interstate stalking and sending interstate communications with the intent to threaten His obsession heightened over the years. His note writing became more frequent and frightening. Among the 40 letters Eric mailed, he threatened to rape and murder Taylor. The FBI kept a close eye on Swarbuck after Taylor got a restraining order. Three times, he drove 900 miles from Austin, Texas to Nashville and delivered letters to Big Machine Records CEO. Eric threatened suicide if not introduced to Taylor. That sucks for him, sucks for her, because obviously he's got something not right happening. Did you see that Jerry from Cheer was busted this morning? They arrested him? Yeah, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. I, saw, I guess I saw it this morning. Yeah. When I woke up, 
but he was for child pornography mm-hmm. is what they had listed but he was on snapchat with uh, allegedly mm-hmm. with uh one of the stories was like a 13 year old jeez man yeah. i saw monica's instagram post where she was like hey just give me a little space on this yeah and here she is doing a big career thing getting on dancing with the stars probably loving life and then get oh golly you think they pull that show i don't know i my gut was to say no I don't know. It's a tough one. Because they're in the middle of this debate with cuties, too, where folks are arguing over whether or not that is acceptable to put on. Mm, have you heard anything about that? No, I just started thinking about that when I saw it yesterday. Maybe if he's guilty? Yeah. Or maybe they just want to pull it, but maybe if or he's they guilty? quietly take it down. <laughs> that won't be quietly yeah, ta- taken true. down. It's such a good series. It is. I mean, that's been the... Highlight of like the start of the year. Eddie Money's former guitarist is suing his estate for $1.5 million in unpaid royalties. Is Eddie Money still alive? No. Okay. All right. Uh, Firefest settles with Blink-182, Major Laser, and more. Wow. Firefest is still doing stuff? He's still getting money back. But Firefest is having to pay those guys money, right? I think they're having to pay it back because they got paid up front. Oh, so they went and tried to get the money back from and the like bands? they're like paying it back in like installments. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's your music news. There's your releases. I hope you guys have a, a good week of new music and enjoy the rest of the show. Anything else we should say before we go? Let's rock it. All right. On now, Lauren Joe Black from countrynow.com. Lauren, how are you? I'm great, Bobby. How are you? Pretty good. You know, we are still talking about the ACM Awards uh, this airs Friday, so it'll be a couple days after. Um, but the fact that we're still talking about it means something because usually these things come and go and people like their awards, but this year there's a little more to talk about. And I'm curious to know how you felt about the Entertainer of the Year Award. Well, I think that it was definitely a shock. Um, you know, at first I was like, has this ever happened before? And of course started Googling and realized, no, it's never happened before. So that was a big plot twist, I think. And I was really hoping for Carrie to pull it off. Um, you know, of course, the cycle of the whole award show was thrown off since it was postponed um, from April. So I think, like, the timing of everything was a little strange. But, um, yeah, I mean, I ex- I was really rooting and expecting for her to win. And it was a shock that there was a tie and that the tie was Thomas. And, you know, I think that all of the n- nominees in that category were deserving um, and But just to be honest with you, I really was surprised that Thomas was the one she tied with because I thought for sure it was going to be Luke Combs just after the year that he had had. And I even remember you and I speaking in, like, January, and we were making predictions for the year. And that was one of the things I talked about, like, Luke Combs and Entertainer of the Year. So I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't him. Yeah, the big tie was Thomas Rhett and Carrie Underwood at the end of the show. And, again... All five of them, you can you can have a fight for it. I would have thought if I were, if you said, hey, put money on a couple, it was Carrie or Luke Combs. As much as it's weird to not say Eric Church, because again, they're all deserving, based on what I know about the voters, the history of the voting patterns, and at what time of the year it was. Because again, this was supposed to air in April, but if I'm correct, voting closed in 
early March. So they're voting on the past nine months to a year before that. So it's almost like a whole different cycle from what we know now. Right. Well, good for Thomas Rhett. Love him. He's a great artist. I kind of feel bad that he's suffering some of the brunt of this today. You know, last year when Garth won the CMA, which is a different show because there are two shows, Garth took it on the chin, which is why he's not in it this year because he's like, hey, I won and I'm good. But it's got to be weird to win and then have people upset at you. Well, I say that, but when I want Dancing with the Stars, people were pissed at me. Uh, yeah, so- you didn't ask to, I mean, you know, they gave it to you. You didn't ask. And just like Thomas, like, I see people saying, like, why does Carrie, you know, of course, from the feminism, you know, side of things, like, she shouldn't have to share her award with someone and, you know, she should have it on her own and things like that. But I mean, it's no fault of Thomas's. Like, this is the way that it panned out. It's not his fault. And it's no fault of any person making a decision. This is a a legit vote that a firm tabulates, holds, and then releases back to the CMA. So those people thinking, well, why couldn't they let, well, nobody let anyone. It's, It's people voting. So, all right. Good to know your opinion there. Uh, female artist of the year, Maren Morris. Thoughts? I honestly was shocked. And then I was like thinking about, okay, let's think about Girl and the success that she's had on the charts. And then it made more sense as I thought about it. I guess we're just so programmed, you know, to think like that that's a Carrie Miranda award only. And so it is pretty cool to see the tides kind of changing and, you know, new people winning um, because, Pretty much since like 2006, when Carrie came off of Idol, it was either Carrie or Miranda. So I think it is pretty cool, but I will say I was shocked at the initial announcement. I was surprised. I thought it would be Miranda winning female and Carrie winning entertainer. And That's they'd, what I thought. And they'd both have one. And um, But yeah, good for Marin. I mean, listen, in the Bones, I'm not even sure when that song came out and if it played a, a factor in the voting of this, but has been as big as Girl. You know, so she deserves it. I was surprised, though, that the voters gave. But the ACMs of the two award shows are a bit more progressive, and they do move a little quicker on anointing people award winners than do the CMAs. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was talking to someone earlier, and I was saying, yeah, like the ACMs are out of L.A. and, you know, kind of a little bit removed from the whole Nashville circle. So I definitely agree with that. All right, male artist of the year, Luke Combs. Now, I'm going to assume that you feel like that's justified because you thought he should have been entertainer of the year, and I was in that camp a little bit too. But male artist of the year, talk about Luke Combs. I mean, Luke Combs, let's think like, what, six years ago. I mean, no one knew his name. I mean, he just won new artist recently, like within recent years. Like two years ago, yeah. Yeah, and here he is winning male artist. And I mean, the charts, records that he's breaking constantly like nine consecutive number ones it's just it's incredible and i really don't think it's been done before you know just in this way in this fast so i think it was deserved i was not surprised at all and um you know that was just kind of a given to me that that's what it was going to be he also won album of the year um did you feel like that was a given i was shocked honestly because i have to look back I didn't look in the database for this, but I was going to, to see, like, I think, if not all, almost all of Miranda's albums have been album of the year at the ACM. And so I was thinking it would go, they would go with Wildcard, honestly. I just feel like she has that track record there. So I was a little surprised with that one. 
I think too, and as much as everyone loves Miranda, people don't want to see people win all the time. I think that's why Luke Bryan isn't even nominated for Entertainer of the Year at the other awards show, the CMAs, because he was just dominating it for so long. And people go, all right, we've had, he, he's had his little run. Um, right. But yeah, I listen, Luke Combs, he deserves everything he gets. He's done things that I haven't seen, and I've been in town eight years. You've been in town longer than that. So uh, God's Country from Blake Shelton went single of the year. You've been pretty much shocked with every other category. How about this one? Um, no, I, I thought that was either going to win single or song. I wasn't sure which one it would take home. And I think that song was so important for him just in the sense that he literally said that he was thinking his career was essentially over until he found that song. So I think it was kind of cool that he won because it was such like a turning point for him. Um, so th- that wasn't that much of a surprise for me. A duo of the year. I saw you tweet out before you were predicting Dan and Shay would win. They did win. Is that a given to you? Oh, yeah, that was, I mean, I think so. I think, I mean, Florida Georgia Line, like, they had their little, you know, their run, and like you said, like, people want to see different people win awards, and I think they're such good dudes, and not that the guys all that helps, though. Arm, You're right. you know, but yeah. it's just, it all, it, it's just all, like, plays into it, and so, like, I feel like that wasn't a surprise at all, either. Well, you know, uh, kind of a disadvantage I had about making predictions closer to the show was that I knew some of the winners because they had to tell them beforehand so they would get up to the Opry and so they could be ready backstage. Did you know that part? Well, I figured, but I wasn't 100% sure because I was like, oh, they just happened to be there, you know? (laughs) Like two days before, they were calling them and telling them, they would tell the manager, like, hey, this is the deal. Circumstance that probably won't happen again, but... um, Listen, I'm just glad the show went off. I was there. I, I saw how oh. the precautions they were taking. I was happy it happened. Okay, I'm curious. Like, did you feel like it was refreshing just to like get a sense of these performances that didn't happen on a couch? Like, because that's what for me it made it feel a little bit more normal, where there was performances with like a band and production, yeah. and I think that was like a nice highlight of 2020 since we haven't really gotten a chance to watch that as much this year yeah that was good again it wasn't all the way good because almost every performance was recorded and it wasn't live because they just couldn't move that many people in and out because of covid precautions so i think i was a little jaded by that um but yes it was cool to see big music big performances i love carrie's performance there were a lot of great ones here so um don't want to spend too much time talking about i just wanted to recap with you and tell everybody to check out countrynow.com and Anything else you'd like to add, Lauren, before we go? Any any lasting impression you'd like to share? Um, as far as ACMs, I guess I'll just say that if if the website clicks are, you know, telling of anything, Eric Church's performance was definitely the number one moment of the night. That's what that, I picked, too, yeah. I said the same thing on the show. That story is popping off. Everyone's clicking it, looking for that performance to rewatch. So, you know, it's kind of interesting when the numbers speak for themselves and you can see that. All right, Lauren, thanks. Good to talk to you. Everybody go check out Lauren, countrynow.com, and you can follow her on Instagram or Twitter. Um, Are they both the same name, at Lauren Joe Black? That's right. All right. All right, Lauren, good to talk to you. Thank you, Bobby. Bye. Bye. 
This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Welcome to, do we have an official name for this? I think it's just still <laughs> trivia against the musician. <laughs> music trivia against a musician. Uh, Adam Hambrick is here. Hey. Lost his last match. Lost. I'm, I'm back for redemption. Up for grabs, $50 in cold, hard, electronic cash. <laughs> now, that's not VC for video games. No. It's just I send it to them on Venmo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not electronic cash. <laughs> it's real money. Comes but, through electronically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today's challengers on the phone right now, Kara in Kissimmee, Florida. Hey, Kara. Hi. Is it Kara, Kara? It's Kara. All right. And she's on Twitter if you want to see what she looks like as you play at K underscore W-A-S-I-E. K-Wasey? Wazzy. Messed it all up. (laughs) K-Wazzy. Kara, say hello to Adam. Adam, say hello to Kara. Hi, Kara. Um, I need to know something. Are are you a ringer? Because last time they brought a ringer in and I got dragged. I don't don't know. (laughs) Okay, that means probably That means probably so. Okay, okay. Okay. So what's going to happen is is I'm going to ask you five questions, Kara. 
You'll see how well you do. I'll ask Adam a different five questions, just randomly generated by our music trivia computer software known as MyD. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he doesn't know which five I'm going to pick for who. That's what he doesn't know. All right. So, Kara, you get five music questions. Are you ready? Yes. Released as a single in 1982, A Country Boy Can't Survive is a song written and recorded by which American country music artist? A Country Boy Can't Survive. I know the song. I should know this. <laughs> um... um George Jones? George oh. Jones. Quality guest, 1982. I think if you're in that, that little span, uh, he's definitely one of the biggest, but it is not. 1982, A Country Boy Can't Survive is Hank Williams Jr. Both Cephas, okay. man. And A Country Boy Can't Survive. <laughs> yeah. A Country Boy Can't Survive. Hit yeah. That note. Hit that note. What year did Carrie Underwood win American Idol? Goodness. All you have to do is get it within one. If you get one year off of it, you still win. Um, let's see. She was like season four. I would have probably been in... I remember watching her win. <laughs> uh, let's say 2007. Incorrect. It's 2005. <laughs> I th she may have been season three. Yeah, it was really three. early. Was Kelly really early. Yeah. wins one. Ruben wins two over Clay. Yeah. Maybe Carrie at three. I Who think I think she was three. And then after her was was Daughtry after her. Daughtry like, never won. Daughtry whatever, was yeah, eighth. Whatever the whatever the season he was. She was season four. She was four. Why? Well, who was three? Fantasia. I think she was five. Dang. Who are we forgetting? <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. Mike's gonna tell I'm us blanking. here. Oh, I thought you Googled all the winners. All right. Mike's looking it up right now as the music plays on. Oh, three was Fantasia. Okay, so it went Kelly, Ruben, Fantasia, Carrie. Hmm. Who would have been next, though? I got nothing. I kind of um, blanked out there until, until uh, Chris Allen won Idol and set Arkansas on fire. Which? Oh, yeah. Who won Mike? Walk me through a couple of them. Uh, Taylor Hicks. Oh, yeah. You got Hicks, yep. Was he the next one? Yep. I think so. Yeah, go, <laughs> go ahead. And then you got Jordan Sparks, uh, David Cook, uh, Chris yeah. Allen, Okay. Lee DeWise. Okay, still remember him so far, yeah. but I'm fading. Scotty McCreary. Got it. Still in it. Philip Phillips. Oh, I'm starting to fade, though. I'm starting to fade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Candace Glover. No idea who that is. Yeah. And then Caleb Johnson. No, I'd never heard of him. Go ahead. Nick Fradiani. Fradiani yeah. Do you then, know who that is? Is, is he the... Is, but is, I, who's the guy from the little, little sweet Dr. Pepper commercials? He, he was... No, that's Justin Guarini. Guarini. From season one. <laughs> and then Trent Harmon. Oh, yeah. Trent because he came to town. Yep. Still may be in town. Yep. He, no, he's here. Yeah. He's here. He's doing, he's doing the thing. But I didn't know him from American Idol. Who, Maddie who, Poppy. Then I started working for the show, and I know Maddie. Lane Hardy. Yep. Just Sam. And Just Sam. Which, Just Sam won the quarantine version of it. Yep. Which, wonder how that's going to translate. Oh, man. You know? I haven't heard much. Okay, let's go to the next question. Question number three. Which hip-hop act famously recorded a cover of Aerosmith's Walk This Way? Uh, Run DMC. That is correct. One point. Boom. Question number four. 
What children's song about aquatic animals was streamed so much in 2019 that it hit the Billboard Hot 100? Baby Shark. Do, 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 do. Correct. Come on. One more to go. Which city on the West Coast is the home to Sub Pop Records and the birthplace of grunge music? Which city on the West Coast is the home of Sub Pop Records and the birthplace of grunge? Uh, oh, okay. I missed the last part the first time. Uh, Seattle. Seattle is yeah. correct. Carrie yeah, ended up with three points. Strong. Strong. Semi-strong. Four scares him. Five, he knows he's going to lose. <laughs> three, he feels like he's in it. He feels like he's got a like good I'm shot to it. at least tie it. Adam Hambrick. Here we go. If you win, you get massive self-promotion. Mass- who is the one-hit wonder behind the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Oh, Bobby McFerrin. That is correct. Can I tell you a funny story about Bobby McFerrin? I'd love to hear one. Okay, so- I was just asking Mike, I wish we had more funny <laughs> no. stories about Bobby McFerrin. Dude, so my wife has this audiobook from when she was a kid. Her dad got her, and it was like these Rudyard Kipling, the dude who wrote the Jungle Book. You know, he had all these short stories, and it's, and it's narrated by Jack Nicholson. And the, and the music behind the short stories that Jack Nicholson's reading is done by Bobby McFerrin. And it's just like all these like African jungle like short stories. And it's got Bobby McFerrin in the background going, ooh, boom, boom, boom. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah? Yeah, it's awesome. He also did the theme of the Cosby show. I, see, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. he's, he's a genius. Adam, one, I did watch a, like a mini documentary on artists who don't want to play their hits anymore, and he's one of them. Really? He's like, I don't want to play Don't Worry, Be Happy. Because it was kind of a novelty song. Yeah. And he's a really serious, extremely talented artist. Yes. But man, what a jam. And this thing, not only do we, I know all the words to it, it was a little before me. Yeah. But uh, t-shirts, merch. Yeah. Just people saying, hey, don't worry, be happy. Like that, that was a culture moment. Yeah, that singing uh, Bass. Oh, that yeah. The Billy the Bass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's probably still cashing Billy the Bass checks. All right, Adam, you have one point. Question number two for you. What country artist holds the record for most number one songs? George Strait. With 60 number ones, the answer is George Strait. Man, the king, the king. He's got two. Question number three. Which music legend was actually born with the name Robert Zimmerman? Oh, man. Rob Zombie. Incorrect. <laughs> Damn, man. Wow, Who's that? Oh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Uh, I'm, an, I'm an idiot. Yeah, you are an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Question number four. Get nervous. You need both of these, Adam, to win. Let's go. One to tie. John, Joey, and Jordan were members of what boy band? John... <sighs> Joey and Jordan were members of what boy band? New Kids on the Block, final answer. Correct. We now have a tie. Tie. It's a tie, Kara. With one question to go. How do you feel right now, Kara? I'm a little nervous. I knew a lot more of his questions, I feel like. I feel like that's always the way it is. That's always the case. (laughs) That is true. 
Are you ready, Adam, they, for the they next question? They prop me up over here is what it is. It's, it's, it's not fair. This is a music history question. Okay. We're going back in time. Okay. In Don McLean's American Pie, mm. the day the music died refers to the plane crash that killed Richie Valens, the big bopper, and what other pioneer of rock and roll? Mm. And bye-bye, Miss American Pie. That would, that'd be Mr. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly is his answer. Buddy Holly is the correct answer, and he's back. He's oh, back again. It feels, it feels good to be back in the winner's circle. I, Kara, thank you for playing. Thanks, thanks for uh, taking it easy on me today. I, I really needed <laughs> thanks this. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Kara, anything you'd like to say as we say so long? Uh, I, this was a lot of fun. I'm really happy I got to do it. <laughs> Are you going to get off this phone call and be like, crap, I, like, what did she miss? Oh, she missed Country Boy, Country mm-hmm. Boy Can't, Can't Survive. Yeah, yeah I was, I'm mad about that one. Because <laughs> I felt like you kind of knew, like you had a direction on that one. You, right. You just couldn't quite get there. Right. Mm. Well, don't beat yourself up, but you did not win $50, but thanks for playing. There she is, Kara, everybody. All right, bye, thanks, Kara. Kara. All right. Thank you. And as your prize, you did not win $50. But you now get to do massive self-promotion. And I don't think you've been on since new music has been out. Yeah. 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 Do you have his songs? I do. Nice. Massive self-promotion. And cue it, Mike D. She's my sunshine Yeah. So this is what? So this is, uh, this is some new music that we just put out. We just kind of started doing a series of two-song drops, um, calling them flip sides. And the first flip side came out last month, last month, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, featuring two songs called Sunshine State of Mind and Do the Math. And uh, This is my favorite right here. Yeah. It, we're playing this on the countdown. Is it this weekend? Next weekend. Next weekend? Dude. Well, first off, thank you. Yeah. Because that's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's... You also win that. You win a, you <laughs> win a trip on the <laughs> national countdown. Yeah. Let's go. And uh, so, so we put that music out a couple weeks ago, and uh, so far it's been it's been streamed really well. People people digging it, and uh, and I'm just really fired up to have it out. The the project is called Top Down Southbound, a nice little end of summer uh, feel good uh, fun jam. So y'all go check that out. We have a second one coming out next month. So uh, so y'all follow along on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff at Adam Hambrick, and uh, and and check out the next one when it comes out too. Why do you turn into a rapper when you're talking about your own songs and self-promotion? <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, y'all. Yo, y'all hey, check hey. it. I'm on Instagram. Yo, I'm on the Over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, I have no idea. Isn't that the way you're supposed to do it? I, I don't. I'm always like, I know nobody cares, nobody. but if you happen to stumble across it or you're bored, have at it. Yeah. Uh, you wrote both those songs? Yeah, wrote both those songs. Is Do the Math, was it written a long time ago? It was written about... I guess I guess probably four years ago, three four years ago now. Um, I just wrote it with some some good buddies, uh, David Fanning and Nick Donnelly, and uh, and that that one kind of sat around. It, it kind of uh, like people people liked it. It would go on hold every once in a while, and then and then we kind of like started about talking about like making a record for me and and doing the record deal thing, and so we kind of held it, and then now it's finally seeing the light of day, which I'm pumped about. I was playing it on my phone. We were headed to maybe Seattle to shoot an episode of my Nat Geo show, and I was it was playing out loud. And Tom Lord, who is my manager, mm. um, and also runs Red Light, also has an incredible, you know, jump shot. Yeah, great. Uh, he shooter. was like, "Hey, who is that?" I was like, "It's Adam Hamburg." He goes, "Huh, I've heard that song before. I think you wrote that a long time ago." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know. I, I like it now." But yeah, play some more. Do the math, Mike.
one. That's a good one. I like that Thanks, one. Thanks, man. I like the other one too. That's my favorite one. That's Thanks. the one I was I was drawn to. That, that's the one uh, when when we did like the we, we did the YouTube series a couple years ago, Blank Slate Sessions, um, and it was like right after we met. That was a song. You're like, hey man, I like that song. I said that. Yeah. Oh, I said that then too. Yeah. I'm consistent. One He's thing consistent. about me, I may not know I'm consistent, <laughs> but I know what I like, even when I don't know that's what I'm like before. Yep. yep. Wow. Uh, for the record, when Adam and I have played one-on-one shooting games, he hasn't lost. When we've played group with multiple people with Adam, I haven't lost. So just letting you know. You know what I think that is? I think it's a focus thing. Because like we, we play knockout. You got like, two balls going at the basket all the time. And then you got just like all these people out there, and then I just get ADD, and then I forget what's going on. Adam's going to hit me in the face with a ball yeah. right in the nose. <laughs> Boom. Busting my nose. I felt really bad about that. My mom texts me immediately after. She's like, Bobby's blood on his Instagram, was that because of you? I was like, yeah, mom, I'm sorry. Fully healed up, though, but we're gonna, and we're playing again Sunday. Mike, you play basketball. You can play with us. I could try. I just, Come on. <laughs> you'd be ch- hey, listen, Ray is okay. He's an he, athlete. He's got, he's got his moments. He's an he's athlete where he does occasionally – do something athletic, yeah. But he's wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just sometimes he just grabs the ball and just chunks it up like he's under the goal. It's pretty wild. All right, Adam Hambrick, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me. You're a winner. You saved me fifty bucks, <laughs> and uh, we'll do this again in a few weeks. All right. On right now, Luke Laird, uh, one of my favorite songwriters in Nashville. Now he's put out a record of his own music with his own voice, his own his own singing, um, which I think is pretty cool. Hey, Luke, how are you, bud? Good, man. Hey, congrats on the ACM. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, Also in the room is uh, songwriter Adam Hambrick, so he's just hanging out, too. Hey, Luke. He said, I I told him we were about to talk to you. He was like, well, I want to stick around and listen. I ain't talked to that guy in forever. (laughs) Awesome. All right, so let's start with this. Why in the world would you put out a music, uh, an album of your own music? What what inspired that thought? Um, I mean... The people were just begging for it. <laughs> <laughs> not true, not true, not true. Um, you know, honestly, it sounds cliche, but I think it just started with the songs. I had a few of these songs that were super personal and um, just, you know, as a writer, kind of hard to, to pitch to other people. It, it was almost just too specific. And actually, my wife, Beth, um, she encouraged me. She's like, I think you should make an album. And we started that before the whole pandemic and actually ha- being quarantined kind of gave me the time to go ahead and, and finish it. So I don't know. It just felt like, like the right time. You talk about super personal songs. I played some of this on the uh, morning show too, but this is track one. It's Music Row, which is in Nashville. Music Row is where you, all the work, business gets done. So I'm going to play some of this real quick. personal song there it gets more personal as you go but how long ago did you write music row um i i wrote that like at the beginning of this year i feel like i saw a picture of you on instagram where you were going hey when i was young i came randomly to nashville and like went to a bar what what was your nashville story the first time you came yeah so we came i I came with my family on a family vacation like the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school and I mean, I was already a huge country music fan, but when I came here and I saw a show at the Bluebird, and it was just 
the, the whole trip was like a dream. It just kind of blew my mind. And pretty much from that trip, I knew that I wanted to, to move here as soon as I could. Your wife and I are friends on Facebook, and so I see you got the freaking cutest kids. And I haven't seen them ever in human life, but they're growing like weeds on Facebook. So it's wild to see that. Um, but then I saw she had posted that she was proud of the song, That's Why I Don't Drink Anymore. Now, tell me about this song, uh, what, what led up to it, and why she would be so proud of it. Sure. Well, so I got sober in 2005, and that was actually the year that, that Beth and I started dating. And, um, you know, at, when you when you stop drinking, people will be, you know, you go out and stuff, and people are like, why don't you drink? And I don't want to go through, like, the whole story. Well, because I can't stop. Um, and so that, that song, like, Basically, after my second DUI, I spent did a little jail time. I felt like my life isn't going the way I wanted it to. I had a publishing deal, but I wasn't really taken off as a songwriter, and I just knew I had a lot of changes to make. So I always knew I wanted to write this song. I had the title for probably four or five years, just sitting in my phone, and I never could find the right way to write it. And One morning I sat down, and the, the first verse just came out, and, and I felt like, it was the right way to write it. Just just be as honest as possible. And um, I actually played that song one night at the Bluebird, and this girl came up to me afterwards, and she had tears in her eyes and, and was just like, that song, um, I just love that song. It means so much to me. My dad just recently got sober. Is there is this song available anywhere? And, of course, at that point it wasn't. And I said, just give me your email. And I went home that night and just recorded like a, a little work tape on my phone and emailed it to her and that kind of i think kind of got the wheels turning too as far as releasing some of my own music i'm gonna play some of that here is that's why i don't drink anymore i was on my way to hell only thinking about myself that's why i Records out today because this is going to air on Friday, and you just added another one. I was looking at what we had you listed as last time because Luke came in and we did a whole episode together. It's been probably two years or so ago, but yeah. um, at the time you had I think twenty two or twenty three number ones. Now you have twenty four. So what was the last number one? Um, it was Sam Hunt. Hard to forget. Oh come on! I didn't even know what it was. You wrote that. That's a great one. I love that. Thanks, man. That makes oh, sense, too. It makes sense you're behind that song, too, with the web here, with the, the sampling on it, which you yeah. produce all different types of stuff. So wait, so let me, for a second, get off of this project and just ask about that song. You, yeah. Sam, who else is in the room writing that song? I mean, like a million people. Um, so it, it started off me, Sam, and Ashley Gorley. We wrote a song to that track I had. And then Sam calls me the next day, and he's like, man, I wrote this other song with Josh Osborne and Shane McAnally, and I think the idea actually fits this track more. Could we all get together and kind of rework the lyrics? And, and so we did. Of course, I was like, yeah, man. And uh, we, we got together, and, and between the five of us, we, we put it together. <laughs> so what track did you have? What, what did you go into the room with that you're like, that's my track? Yeah, so um, I was 
sitting one morning over there in Green Hills at that restaurant, First Watch, and I had my um, headphones on, and I was listening through this, like, old-school honky-tonk playlist, and that Webb Pierce song there, Stands the Glass, came on, which I've known that song, but for some reason I listened to it, and I was like, that'd be kind of fun to make a beat to that, and I literally wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to play it for an artist, and we're going to write a song to it, but I I got with Sam a few days later, and we worked on that. You know, he and Ashley and I had been working on another song. He's like, man, do you have any tracks that are like a little different? And I turned around and that song just happened to be pulled up on my computer. I was like, well, I do have this. And I played it for him. And he was like, oh, man, I love that. Let's let's work to that. So, yeah, that's how it happened. Man, and here's the thing about that song is it comes and, you know, with anything that Sam does, you got... 80% 80% of people that freaking love it, and I'm one of them. And you got 20% of haters that are being extremely vocal. But then the song hits number one, and it is still researching and testing like crazy right now. Like, I look at the numbers, and it's still one of the top two or three songs. That's, so, that's crazy to me. Man, that is that is a jam. So let me ask you this on the songwriting part, since you guys combined all of you guys. But then do you have to add in the people who wrote the Webb Pierce song? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we got that sample cleared, and they got like a small percentage of the song. We actually got a better deal than I thought, but but yeah, it was um, it was uh, for sure they got they got co-writing credit on. That's pretty cool and good for them. Families making a little money off of it, and I bet you yeah, people stream the original. I know I did. I, I had the original song. I resaved it, and and it had been probably fifteen years before I'd even heard it. From my grandma had a, just a big collection of stuff, and I'd heard that song through her. It wasn't her favorite, but I'd heard it through her. But it made me go back and actually revisit that song. Yeah, that song was recorded in 1953. <laughs> Crazy. Here it is right now. Turn that up. That will ease all my pain. That Luke, how long did it take you to make that, that sample on that track? Um, probably like 15 minutes. <sighs> Are you kidding me? Jeez. I mean, it doesn't always happen. Believe me, that sounds like, oh, you know, no big deal. It doesn't, it doesn't usually happen like that. All right. Luke Laird is on. Follow him on Instagram, at Luke Robert. The album's called Music Row. I'm going to ask you about one more song, Branch on the yeah. Tree. Tell me the story about Branch on the Tree before I play it. Yeah, man. So, um, actually, one morning, um, after I read my Bible, this verse came to me about... Um, I was reading about the vine and the branches, and I was like, this, there, could, there could be a song in there. And so I wrote the chorus, and I ch- kept trying to write verses for it. It just never, it, was, it wasn't working. So I, I had a day booked with Lori McKenna and Barry Dane, two incredible songwriters. And they're like, what do you guys want to do? And, and I, I was a little reluctant to ask them, but I was like, I know you guys probably would rather write a song for Tim McGraw today, but I have this one song I'm trying to finish for my record. And I can't write the verses. And they, in a matter of like less than an hour, they they knew exactly what to do with that song. And so that's how we wrote it. All right, here is Branch on the Tree. Here you go. Yeah, I'm thankful to have a little peace of mind on the porch when the sun goes down. Thankful to know I'm building this life on a rock that ain't rolling around. There he is. 
Grammy-winning Nashville songwriter, producer, collaborator. Uh, he crushes songs he writes and produces, and here he is now putting out his own record. And by the way, he's got the best show on Apple Radio as well, which is Country Replay, which I it's it's the sh- the only show that I'll I like Alicia too, Alicia Davis, but the only show that I'll really make a point to listen to. You do a great job over there. Oh man, that's so kind of you. It's such a learning curve for me. <laughs> All right, Luke. Good luck with the record. Congratulations. I know it's extremely personal, but I'm just a big fan and uh, wanted to make sure that the people listen to me also maybe give this a shot. I really appreciate the support, Bobby. Thank you so much. All right, Luke. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.